just want to ask you one question. What do you want to be remembered for? I hate it here. I hate injuries. I hate it here. I hate being in this situation. I hate having to go to your fourth and fifth option because you kept holding out hope like a poor little boy knowing that his dad's not coming home. Julio, Kenny Galladay, I prayed and prayed and prayed to the football gods and here's where you left me. I'm not going to tweet at you. I'm not going to cuss you out. You know what? I'm not even going to tell you that I'm mad. I'm just very, very disappointed in you. With that being said, welcome back into the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. I'm your host with the most, the fully tilted Tom Tipple. I'm here with my two compadres. That's right, all three of us back on the same clock, the same dime. The smart people are done with their exams. Now it's time to get back to the fun stuff, the fantasy stuff, the stuff that we keep Wanting to bring you, but our schedules never seem to line up. But today it does. So, without further ado, because we're gonna we're gonna crush this. We, me and the boy, spent a lot of time fucking around before we hit the record button. It's always a little longer than usual today. But I am here with Big Billy underscore FF, and I'm here with FF underscore RTDB. Boys, the exams are over. How relieved are you to get to watch now your teams completely and utterly fall apart just in time for the semifinals? My team's healthy. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> fuck you. Um, yeah, I've had a very fortunate week, which is very rare for me. Stop talking. Like, you know when you get into an luck. exam... And it's like the first question you realize, oh, shoot, that's the unit that I at 3 a.m. last night was like, all right, well, I'm just going to not study it. And I hope that that doesn't come on the exam. That unit was Derek <laughs> Carr. Like I, I opened up the test like these are this is fantasy exam season. I opened up the test. And I was like, all right, question one, Derek Carr against the Chargers. Answer popped his groin, um, fucked up his taint on the first drive. And now we're done. It's <laughs> over. It's, but actually, though, like this uh, is, I went on this, I, I went on this on Twitter, play in leagues with at minimum, you know, two running back, three receiver, two flex, because, right, like I lost Eric Carr last night in what looked like a pretty even semifinal. And, you know, it doesn't look good, doesn't look good, but it's not totally dead. It's recoverable. If you're playing in like a two running back, two wide receiver, one flex league, it's over for you at that point. Right. So play, play super flex play with multiple other flexes because especially in dynasty, like if you're investing a year into building a roster, you don't want that roster dying because the dude popped his taint on drive one. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It also helps when your opponent is uh, running through an injury situation and Michael Thomas is announced out 
Uh, we're going to so go live. Sad. We're, we're going to so get sad. breaking, breaking, breaking analysis. Uh, Michael Thomas is out. Jacob, how are you feeling over there knowing that Austin Coombs is going to be without uh, Michael Thomas? We go to you. Caution, Look, phone users. You know, it's just it's one of those situations where you never like to see a guy get hurt. But sometimes, sometimes you do. <laughs> and those times are when your own guy got hurt on an island game on Thursday night, and the guy you're facing is, uh, I think, using the term flat tire uh, when referring to Derek Carr in all caps um, and being very, very happy about it. And I just said, I said, Austin, the fantasy gods are listening. And today, the fantasy gods have rendered their judgment. And uh, that judgment has cost Michael Thomas the opportunity to play today. So, tomorrow. Sunday. What day is it? I don't know. <laughs> Guys, uh, things are going a little sideways. It's been a long week, and it's been a long day of news. So as I just mentioned, Michael Thomas announced that he will be sitting out, but we have other news that I want to get to first before we start either bragging or hiding about our picks from last week. We make our picture this week, and we make sure Santa gets our letters. Very important. Very important that those letters get there on time, and with how the Postal Service is handling shit, all across North America, it might be late. But we're going to get it there. News. Big news. I'm going to go with what matters to me the most because I'm selfish like that. Drew Brees is in, so Taysom Hill is out. Sort of. If you run into a situation where you're like me and you have Derek Carr uh, go out on the second drive of the game and you want to throw your head into a ceiling fan... Sure, if, but if your other quarterback also happened to be Taysom Hill, uh, God, I feel bad for you because I'm there right now. But in reality, Taysom Hill is definitely going in inside the 10-yard line. He's definitely going to get at least a couple of carries and he's shot into the end zone. So if you're in my situation, there's still a chance I play Taysom Hill in that spot. Hope that you don't have to. Hope that you can work around it and figure it out. But, guys, what does that mean for the aforementioned receivers in New Orleans? You know, the Sanders, the – the um, come on, I know his name. Who, uh, who? What's your boy's name? Oh, why am I forgetting? Traquan season. Yes, Traquan Smith. And then you got Jared Cook. But is this a the final piece that Kamara needs to, to – be that winner that we were all hoping he was going to be until Taysom Hill came in and just ruined it for everyone. What does this mean for everybody going down the list? Billy, I'll start with you. I think if you're a pass catcher on the saints, this is better for you. I, I really, it's not much harder than that. I mean, Drew Brees is going to throw the ball more. He's going to run less. It's going to mean more touchdown opportunities because Taysom Hill isn't running it in inside the five. Uh, that's really it. I mean, Camara, if you made to your semifinals with Camara, congratulations. I think he's back and he never really left. I mean, he had two bad weeks, but now he's back. So does that, is this, is this, I know, uh, Jacob, we briefly talked about it, but this kills Latavius Murray as a play for you, like in uh, all, in all formats. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Latavius was a great play anyhow, but, um, I do think that with, with, I mean, Breeze coming back is fine for Latavius. If anything, it's good because it gives him more goal line opportunities. But I just think that the Thomas being out probably hurts in a couple ways. Like, it makes the offense worse. Um, 
you know, as much as I like to rip on Thomas sometimes, he's far and away the best receiver on, on that football team, and their offense is better when he's out there. So to not have Thomas, um, I think they're in tough against Kansas City in this spot. So I think that kind of takes away some of the Latavius Murray appeal. As well, they're going to need Kamara on the field as much as possible because he's going to be their number one receiver in this game, essentially. Especially they're missing Deontay Harris. They're missing Marquez Callaway. So it's really just Emmanuel Sanders, um, Traquan Smith, Alvin Kamara, and then, you know, Jared Cook and Adam Troutman's even been seeing some more snaps. But that's, that's pretty much all they got in terms of pass catchers. So wheels way, way, way up on Kamara. I think you're going to go right back to early season, Super Camario. And, you know, Manuel Sanders and Traquan Smith both could return value if you need them in a spot where they're going to have to throw a lot. And you're not going to see uh, Callaway and Harris start to take snaps away from Smith like we saw a little bit earlier in the season because those guys are on IR. Yeah, it's definitely some interesting late week breaking decisions this week that, you know, Maybe like we really weren't expecting. I I don't think anybody was expecting Breeze to come back this week. But here we are. We're in that situation where if uh, you know you were stuck playing someone like uh, Chase Daniels, maybe you're sliding in uh, Drew Breeze. Who does Breeze slot in ahead of you guys right now? Now that knowing he's back, who are some of the guys that you would kind of overstep uh, for Breeze? Billy. I mean, if it was a one QB league, I'd find it hard to believe. Drew Brees is really getting the 100% start. I mean, he's going to have a positive game script the entire game. He's playing KC, for God's sake. But um, in a super flex, I I find that Drew Brees is probably going to slot in around the 17 to 20 range for me. Okay. I think he's going to have a lot of room to produce. I think he's going to have a, a good shot. But I also think there's a world where they get inside the 10 yard line and Taysom Hill comes in because he's able to have a lot of success in the red zone. Jacob. Yeah, I feel pretty similarly. Like, yeah, I feel similarly. Like I, I would play, I play breeze over Matt Ryan for sure. I'd play breeze over Baker. I think um, I'd play breeze over like Bridgewater, but like if, if you can play like Tannehill, I would probably play rivers over breeze. Honestly, um, obviously all your side guys are playing over breeze. Yeah. Um, I play Jalen Hurts over Breeze, for instance. Yeah, like I think I think he's like a mid QB two. Yeah, I think that's about the range. That sounds well right. I mean, it's got to hurt having his his top tier, his his second best option uh, in the offense out. So that's definitely going to hurt him, especially in his first game back. But he played really well without Michael Thomas uh, before that. There are many games where he he had some upper tier games, which was always good. And we're hoping that's going to be the case. Cause again, against Kansas city, you know, they're just going to put the throttle down on you, especially when it comes to be, I think that KC just loves playing the quote unquote top ranked teams just so they can absolutely yeah. shit kick them. They well, seem to Reed play down. And play up. Yeah. Like I mean, you can I definitely see think they play they up. Do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Some other news, obviously uh, not big shocks, but big letdowns. Uh, Julio and Kenny G are out. So obviously you're playing your gauge, you're playing your Marvin Jones, you're playing your, you know, the same guys you've been playing uh, in their stead, because realistically, if you went into this week thinking you had a shot to have them, it's, it was just a pipe dream. So no, no real shocker. there. kind of a bit of a shocker. Mike Gesicki suiting up. Is he suiting up? Is he not? What's happening? And then Ahmed also, uh, supposed to play, in Gaskins stay. So does any of this stuff change for you guys? Is this surprising? How are you feeling about the two dolphins options? And would you roll them out over a couple players? Respect to Mike Gesicki. 
Um, I'd be scared to play him this week. I mean, they were in post-game interviews. It sounded like Mike Kosicki was done for the year. Um, so I would be scared to play him. I think given the tight end position and how risky it is, what that also means is there's a lot of players who can potentially slot in a tight end and you won't hate yourself. Um, I, I would probably look at them this week over putting Gasicki in and just see how he looks. Yeah, I mean, Gasicki's tough because he's been absolutely money the last two weeks. Um, Devontae Parker's probably either going to be out or limited. So Gasicki's questionable right now, but it sounds like he's trending towards playing. Um, if he plays and he has his regular role, then you have you know probably like a top six workload at tight end, um, which is pretty appealing. But I don't know. I, I do think it's pretty scary. Um, for instance, in my playoff matchup where I've been riding Gasicki, um, I'll be playing Logan Thomas ahead of him. That's kind of the range. But I still think he's going to end up like in my top 12 uh, just because tight end is pretty bad. And, I mean, they're not playing Gasicki to block. Like, if he's there, he's there to catch passes. So, to me, like, I don't know. I'm not sure what the benefit of sort of using him as a decoy presence would be if he's not able to, to perform. So, I think if he's active and there's not – you know, a really dangerous tweet that's not from Ian Rappaport saying he'll be limited, uh, then then I would probably be down to play him if I needed to. If Ian Rappaport says anything, just like I would just disregard it or or just <laughs> play the opposite, especially when it comes to like limits, like, right? Like you see it, like literally Schefter was the one last night that was like Keenan Allen's going to be limited and it happened. I mean, Rappaport has been on like an absolute heater of, of misses with uh, Eckler being limited. And I think it was uh, McCaffrey was going to be limited. So check for Shefty. If he says Kasicki's limited, or obviously if he's out, then then no. But otherwise, I'm kind of open-minded to it. Ahmed is like one of the best free squares for sure in DFS, and I think he's playable as an RB2 this week. Yeah, I'm playing against him, and at first I was like, nah, it's not going to matter, it's not going to matter. But then, yeah, the more I sat there and thought, think about it, he's going to be in that RB2 conversation absolutely for sure, just especially with the landscape that we're feeling. Any other kind of top news you want to get to, Jacob, or do you think we're kind of ready to do a little reminiscing? Yeah, I think I'm I'm ready to to roll in. I think. So yeah. you weren't here uh, this last week with us, Jacob, because you were still doing all of your smart guy stuff. So me and Billy went out on a limb to try to give you people a little uh, help. And maybe if you're struggling with, oh, who should I play? Or oh man, all these top tier guys. Maybe I got these few. We like to give. Um, a little bit of clarity on some not so obvious week winning potential plays because sometimes you just got to hope that you get an edge and sometimes that edge is playing the right um, hope or her of a player to help you push through that week. So, Billy, last week you went bananas. I got to <laughs> give you the credit. I got to I got to tell it like it is. You went absolutely haywire on your picks and it's not fair quarterback. You took a serious shot and in the playoffs you chose to select one Mitchell Trubisky and you, you just plugged him in your lineup. You put your money where your mouth is. And, uh, why don't you give everyone the rest of your rundown? Because I'd be pretty proud of it if I were you. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky went absolutely nuts. Uh, thank you. Texans defense play anyone against the Texans. Uh, Kareem Hunt absolutely went nuclear. I was very happy with that call against Baltimore. Corey Davis was the only kind of rough one. Uh, he kind of fell flat, but on the show I did say 
early. We're not stories. giving it to you. All right, fine. That's fine. You're uh, not allowed. You're not allowed to say, "Hey, if the running back in Tennessee does really well, the receivers are going to suck." We're not. We warned you, and you still tried to go to it. We're anyway, not giving you that one. I said specifically Corey Davis, but anyway. <laughs> uh, and then Jared Cook, my probably my biggest call on the week. Right. Still managed to produce as a tight end, put up about 13 fantasy points. Felt good. Yeah. Well, I got to say, you're uh, a lot more gracious in winning than I am in losing because fuck did I screw the pooch. Okay. I thought Beasley was going to have a bigger game than he did. 9.1 points in standard PPR formats, if I'm not mistaken. I really thought that he was going to find the end zone, but. It turned out that the only player that Josh Allen decided he was going to throw to uh, was Stephon Diggs last week. So, hey, fuck me, right? Why wouldn't that be the case? Uh, I did go with Cole Komet, who was one bounced ball by your boy Trubisky, which, to be fair, Trubisky had a guy all over him. But when I saw it, as soon as they lined up, I went, this play is going to Komet, and it's going to still... I was already standing up. Pants were half off. Ball missed. Super sad. Of course, the Jimmy Graham touchdown didn't help that, but 8.1 out of an emergency tight end play in, again, what should be standard PPR. That's not the worst. You didn't get goosed, okay? So it's not It's not the worst. It's not the worst. I told everyone to play Ronald Jones. I inserted him to every DFS lineup I had. He came away with 15.4. Not bad. Didn't kill you. Great flex spot was not the smash RB1 play I thought he was going to. Uh, once again, Ronald Jones continues to disappoint the second you start believing. Uh, you're dead to me. It's the playoffs. And my quarterback of the week was Andy Dalton, who at 19.3 did not have a bad game. Actually showed up pretty well, even though he didn't have um, a ton of help uh, from his coaching staff, who kind of left him out there to get shit kicked. No help, no planning. Man, this week we got all three of us. All three of us. You're going to get three different uh, players at each position. So a lot of knowledge here. Take it for what you will. Uh, let us know. Let us know if you used the plays, didn't use the plays, how'd you do and how'd you finish. And I hope you get to stay alive with these not-so-obvious week-winning plays. Jacob, give us your quarterback for the week that it maybe might not be so obvious to some people. I put on... Oh, God. I put on I drew lock for my city in the fantasy semifinals. Drew lock for my city. Drew Locke. Yeah, let's right. let's go. Let's go. Um they're playing the Bills, who against every team that isn't the Steelers have looked like a terrible secondary all year. Um the Broncos are about as healthy as I think they've been this year, you know, of course, in the absence of Sutton. And Drew Locke this year in good matchups has put up fantasy points. Um, he put up a lot of points in the Chargers game, put up a lot of points in the Falcons game, put up a lot of points last week against Carolina. It's a watch the box score, not the game uh, type of play, because watching Drew Locke is is like a really painful experience. <laughs> but I think that the Bills are going to win this game running away. And I think Locke will get to get cooking in garbage time. And I'm going to expect over 20 fantasy points out of Drew Locke this week. I think if you are looking for an upside QB2, or even in single quarterback leagues, say you were locked into Taysom Hill, um, and now you just lost that option. You know, I think it's it's a possibility you could roll out Drew Locke, and I'm going to call it top 12 finish this week, Drew Locke. 
Oh, boy. I hope you are right. That is braver than I'm willing to be myself. I'm going to roll out Gardner Minshew in this situation. When he entered the game in Jacksonville, he looked pretty good through the touchdown. The offense looked what it did last year, but with a better running back. And although you might say that that's not great, Bob, it's better than the situations it's been. Gardner Minshew probably going to be facing some garbage time. That's going to help your DJ Charks. That's going to help your Keelan Coles. And um, you know what? It's I think it's going to lead to Minshew being a garbage time hero. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to go with the top 12 call that my compadre over here did. But I think a QB 15, a QB 14 is, is in the cards. He's got some rushing upside. He's got some floor. So if you're in a situation where you lost uh, someone for the week, maybe you're playing Taysom Hill. Maybe you're looking at Dwayne Haskins. I know I am in one particular league because uh, fantasy football hates me this year. Gardner Minshew was a great QB two option. Since we do focus on the super flex, um, that's a very important spot that you want to have. Trust me, I wish I had him in a couple of the uh, the big time leagues that I'm in here. Billy, who's your quarterback play of the week this week uh, that probably won't get you 31 again? Well, team, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh, I'm going to no. take Philip Rivers against Houston. Oh, oh, picking the matchups, huh? Okay, Houston is bad on defense. Philip Rivers has T.Y. Hilton, who is notoriously torching Houston. Uh, it, it's, it, I think this is going to be a more competitive game. I think Deshaun Watson wants to go out and smoke the Colts. So I, I think all signs point to Philip Rivers blowing up in this game. That's a terrifying thought, but I hope he does. Hope he does. I am actually I love playing it. him. Go Colts. I am. Yeah, I'm I'm hopping on the Colts bandwagon this week because I need them this week for sure, and my wallet will need them uh, for my DFS lineups. Guys, we're going to move on. Uh, so just a quick recap. That was Minshew. That was Locke, and that was Rivers. Okay, this time we're going we're gonna to move. We're chugging along. We're turning the page. We're talking about running backs. Now, obviously, everybody wants the stud running back. Well, guess what? Not everyone has a stud running back to play this week, so let's try to get you some flex plays, maybe some RB2s, maybe you'll get lucky, score a few, uh, which is really, we all know, what determines who's going where. But let's see if we can find you some touchdowns this week. Jacob, what's a running back you're going to throw out there if, if you really need the, the solid play? Yeah, I mean, this one's maybe a little less deep than all my other ones, but based on what I'm seeing on Twitter, um, a lot of guys sort of left this guy for dead. He's been disappointing in some big spots, but my sort of under the radar running back play, and it applies to DFS as well, is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, last week, he had his highest snap rate and his most touches by far of any game since they signed Le'Veon Bell. If you think back two weeks ago when Clyde sort of trolled everybody by being technically active, but emergency only in that Sunday night game, Le'Veon Bell got the start and he started off as a workhorse and he was pretty putrid. And they wound up giving Daryl Williams the bulk of the touches in the fourth quarter. That translated to last week where Clyde played 71% of the snaps. Bell was down at 17. Um, and Clyde fumbled in that game. He wasn't even super efficient rushing the ball. He was pretty efficient in the receiving game. But they continued to roll him out there even after the fumble and even to kill the clock, which is a circumstance where they'd put in Daryl Williams before. So now you get a spot against New Orleans where I think it's going to be a shootout type game. And I think if Clyde gets the usage in the passing game again, like he did last week, then you have an opportunity for a really good bounce back spot um, with Clyde Edwards-Elair. Yeah, I can't. 
can't argue, man. Like the guy, it's amazing, amazing that people are just leaving him for dead on the Twitters. I mean, recency bias is crazy, but recency bias should be helping Clyde, not hurting Clyde. I know the Acres game was awesome, and Swift is really blown up, and and Clyde had his blow up, I think, too early because, man, the guy's just steady every week when he's not trolling. And yeah, I I can't believe how fast people are just bailing on him. Uh, Billy, who's your running back this week? Who are you going to put in for the people? A little bit of a fun one. I'm going to take Jamal Williams. He's taking Mm -hmm. on the Carolina Panthers. uh, Notoriously bad run defense. I think the Packers are going to absolutely smoke them. And uh, they're going to need to keep the ball away. Uh, Aaron Jones is not their grinder. And Matt LaFleur likes giving the ball to Jamal Williams, whether you agree with it or not. Now, I think Jamal Williams legitimately has two, three touchdown upside in this game. I think every time they get on the goal line, they're just going to be happy to hand it off. My only fear is them trying to petition Rodgers for MVP more and more. So they're just going to let him sling it around the yard and throw for five touchdowns and 400 yards. Oh, like he's going to throw for five touchdowns from the one. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers going full Peyton Manning this season, but I like Jamal Williams too because LaFleur seems to just hate Aaron Jones for some reason. So they're just, uh, I think that's probably why they drafted. Uh, I'm sorry, but AJ doing the second round. Anyway, I'm going with the bus. I think the bus has got a head of steam. The Gus bus is driving the Ravens where they need to go right now. He's getting the clutch situations. The guy is just, he's shot out of a cannon right now. And I know what you might be thinking, but 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 Dobbins, I don't. It, Dobbins doesn't matter to me in that situation. I think Ingram might finally be on the way out. I think they finally sat him down. They gave him the first touch last week, and they were like, "You're good now, homie. Chill. That's the only way we can keep you with positive yardage here." So, I think that Gus is going to be the primary guy. And when I say prime, what do you mean primary guy? They're going to split, right? But I think that Gus is actually going to outperform Dobbins this week. With the touchdowns, everything, I'm I'm rolling up the Gus bus. I think he's a smash play against Jacksonville. Not just a good play, a smash play. No Brown, no Boykin, no passing. They're just going to run it right at Jacksonville. So to recap, Gus bus, Jamal Williams, and... Bob Saban. CEH. Yes, Clyde. I Man, like watching you struggle. Yo, my it it happens. It definitely happens. Wide receivers, we're still here for you. We're not done. My brain's gonna my brain it's been a hell of a day, everybody. Billy, what receiver are you throwing out there for everybody? What's the one that you're pretty sure is gonna do pretty good? Curtis Samuel. Uh the Packers have one serviceable cornerback and then Darnell Savage in that secondary. Other than that, that defense is not the best defense in the league. I think Curtis Samuel has legitimate possibility to have some burst plays over players like Robbie Anderson, over players like Kurt, uh, DJ Moore, who are going to be seeing a lot of Jair Alexander. Curtis Samuel lineup in the slot is not going to see a lot of good pass coverage. I think he's the boy. God, that hurts my soul. Oh, it hurts. I don't want to talk about it, Jacob. Save me before I start crying. Yeah, we're going to go with Michael Gallup uh, very mm-hmm. quietly. Michael Gallup is averaging over eight targets per game in his last six games. Um, I expect this game to actually shoot out a little bit. Kyle Shanahan, in my view, is just a good enough coach to overcome a bad defense, even with Nick Mullins. 
So I expect that San Francisco will be able to put up points in this game. And with how Dallas performed with Dalton, they actually move the ball, you know, somewhat effectively. Uh, I'm not as afraid of San Francisco's defense as we have been in the past with, with sort of the injuries that they have going on over there. So with Gallup, I mean, his usage has been really good. He gets goal line looks. They give him a lot of bubble screens. I don't know why he's not very good after the catch and Cooper and Lamb are, but they seem to give him that like two or three times a game. So I think Michael Gallup as a flex player and also at just $3,500 on DraftKings is a really good play to get into your lineups where, you know, his role right now is better than CeeDee Lance actually. And it's closer to Cooper's than you'd realize. Um, So I would go with Michael Gallup this week pretty comfortably. Good play. I actually played him last week and, and was really, really, really happy with it. I, I got to will this in the, I got to will it. I asked the question on Twitter. I, I got, I got some fiery responses from y'all about Jalen Rieger and whether it was going to be a thing or not. Well, he's going to be a thing this week. Yeah, he is. You know why? Cause I need him to be by God. That's enough. It should be enough. Wentz is gone. See ya. I remember I was sitting bes- behind this very friggin' microphone when Hertz got drafted, and now my praise and my hope are all going to be answered in two deep 50-yard Jalen Rieger touchdowns, which is all you're going to need to have a league winner on your hands. Plug them in against the Arizona defense. The deep shot is available. Please take it, Jalen. Please, please catch it. Okay? Let's just let's just keep it moving. Philly's pride. Fuck Wentz. Go Hertz. Go Rieger. Let's go. It's going to happen. Tight end. <sighs> Billy, who are you going to play out of tight end here? It's, it's a take... bleak. It, it's a bleak looking landscape. Uh, a little bit, little bit. I'm gonna take Logan Thomas. I I think he's just one of the more consistent uh, tight ends in terms of target share. We all. I think he might be what we kind of all wanted Hayden Hurst to be this year. Uh, he's consistently gained open downfield. He's making some great catches, and um, yeah. He's a extremely talented player, and he gets to take on a pretty easy defense in the Seahawks this week. I, the Alex Smith is probably not going to play. It's probably going to be Dwayne Haskins. Already announced. Already announced. So that's that part is scary. But Haskins could be out there to gun a little bit. So if you're looking for a play who has a tight end who should have a large target share and also has a 60-yard touchdown upside, I think Logan Thomas might be the option. I'll say it right now, just to get it out. I believe in Dwayne Haskins. I believe in Dwayne Haskins doing well this week. I believe in Dwayne Haskins. Hey, I believe that Dwayne Haskins, should he play well, has the opportunity to at least make sure he gets a look next season. I think it was unjust the way he was benched after a good game against Baltimore. Not just a good game, his best game against Baltimore when they were healthy. I don't care that it was garbage time. Other players get credit for garbage time. Haskins gets credit for garbage time. I believe in Haskins, which means I have to believe in Billy's pick of Logan Thomas, even though I really don't fucking want to because I'm playing against him. Jacob, who are you rolling out at tight end? Well, I'm certainly not uh, – well, I am rolling out Logan Thomas, but that's not by choice. That's due to Gasicki having half a shoulder. Um, and I want to make it clear that I do not believe in Dwayne Haskins. However, at tight matter. end, Mr. Postman, oh, no. look and see, is there a ladder waiting for me? Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold has become 
a part of this offense in Arizona in recent weeks. He's, a, he's getting a lot of looks at the goal line. He gets deep work. He had that really deep, deep touchdown against uh, the Rams two weeks ago. So here's a guy where he actually gets deep looks at tight end. He's very athletic. He gets looks on the goal line. And Arizona, similarly to what they did last year, are really sort of peeling back the degree which they're running four wide receiver sets. They were sort of forced into a lot of 11 personnel while Larry Fitzgerald was on the COVID list. Well, he came back last week and they made Andy Isabella a healthy scratch. So they used Dan Arnold in a lot more passing situations than they had been. I think they've liked what they've seen. He's been more productive in limited work than Andy Isabella was. So I feel decent about Dan Arnold in a great matchup against one of the worst tight end defenses with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles this week. Man, I hope he does. I just, I like the guy. I don't know what it is about him. There's nothing, there's nothing like specific that I, I love about him as a player. You have the same hair. There's just, well, hey, it, well, I mean, it is long. It is luxurious. I, I, I got to agree. My tight end play this week, and maybe I'm nuts. Maybe I'm really reaching, but it's Gerald Everett. Tight end of the Los Angeles Rams. I don't like Higby, and I think that Everett's a better player. And I think with their matchup against the <laughs> the Jets, I think anything is possible. I think we could be going full Kevin Garnett here. I think that you have an opportunity to play a guy who's probably going to get at least two deep shots. He's going to be on the field. I think that the 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 two tight end system is there to stay with Akers there now. They're just going to pound the ball away, play action. Jared Goff is great with it. Hopefully Cup can score, but I really think that it's going to be Everett that has the best game uh, out of the pass catchers for the Rams, at least in the red zone. And that's what you need for the boomer bust. So if you want boomer bust, the tight end's a good friggin' spot to get it. So Gerald Everett. So your plays for this week is the postman, Gerald Everett. Oh my goodness. My breathing Logan Thomas. Not bad. Those are, those are pretty low key week winning guys. I got to say best of luck to all of us guys. We're going to tweet our lists. Again, like, retweet, let us know if you're using them, let us know if you're not. Let us know if you think we're batshit crazy. Either way, we're throwing them out there. There are situations where I'm playing all of these guys, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Guys, it's the time of year. It's Christmas time. Everyone loves Christmas time. But people say that grown men can't write to Santa. But you know what I think? I think they're wrong. I think you have to write to Santa. Santa can do things normal people can. And sometimes our boys in the lineups, they just need some help. Okay? Most of us, we've seen angels in the outfield. You, you, we've seen what happens. Okay? Well, Santa, you have to be our angels in the outfield this year. So I made sure I got the two boys, my compadres and myself, we wrote letters to Santa. We're going to share them with you to let him let him know, let you all know what we need from Santa this year in our fantasy playoffs semifinals before we go to the finals. Jacob, when you wrote to Santa, what did you ask him for? I wrote to Santa this year and I asked for an AJ Brown rushing attempt. Everyone knows that I am the biggest A.J. Brown truther around. And I'm not asking you for multiple. I want one, okay? Let me run through some quick quick stats here. 
First of all, I don't need to give you all the stats of why A.J. Brown is an absolute beast after the catch, right? Like, when you look at broken tackles from wide receivers, he leaves the NFL. Yards after contact, I think it's Debo, and then A.J. Brown, I believe, is second in that category. Absolute beast after the catch. He has zero rushing attempts this year. The last time he got a rushing attempt was in week 16 of last year, the Fantasy Championships, and he ripped it off for a 50-yard touchdown. Johnny Smith, also a really great yak guy for Tennessee. So here's what I need. I have A.J. Brown in three dynasty leagues, okay? And in two of those, I'm going against Derrick Henry. Uh, that's just three that I'm in the semifinals. I need one A.J. Brown reverse. I need to take it for 50 yards to the house. I need to steal Derrick Henry's points. I need to put points on the board for me, for A.J., and that's that's my prayer. That's that's what I would love. And for the record, it makes no sense to me why the Titans don't give like two to three reverses or at least like fake reverses to A.J. Brown and Johnny Smith. They have these guys that are incredible after the catch. Why not run some jet action like you see with Robert Woods in L.A., with Debo and Ayuk in uh, San Francisco, and just add that as another element with Henry running north and south and then with Tannehill off the play action. Yeah, sometimes... Hey, you know what? That's what Santa's for, right? He, he He's good for the magic. So it's very important that you wrote him. I'm sure he's really going to appreciate the stats. I'm sure that's really going to help convince him uh, to bring that A.J. Brown carry. So that when you open it up on Christmas, you go, ha, oh, I'm in the finals because Santa brought me my present. Billy, Santa's really important for you. And I know that you felt a little scorned since... He didn't bring you that Barbie's dream house. But now you have a chance to reconnect. So reconnect with Santa. And while you're at it, connect with everybody. And just let everyone know what you asked Santa for this year. I asked him because it's the same thing I ask every week. But this week I have a a deity to ask. I want Alan Robinson to just absolutely (laughs) catch a hundred balls. That's all I want. I want him to get absolutely fed. It's the same thing I ask for every year. I'll continue to ask for it next year. But with the amount of dynasty shares I have, I need Alan Robinson to catch a lot. <sighs> Guys, I have to say those are pretty nice asks. And those are all things that I think Santa can provide you. I'm going to I'm going to go a little deeper. See, things sometimes got really difficult in the full tilt house when it came to Christmas. And uh, the holiday season is a little rough when you're dropping semifinal games. So, dear Santa, this is Full Tilt Tom here on the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. I don't want to ask for much. I can't even admit that I was a very good boy this year. But I, I really need you to hear me. I really need you to respond for all those years missed. You visiting my house with fantasy championships. I need Jonathan Jonathan Taylor to get benched. I need, I'm asking you to just (laughs) knock that ball out of his hands while he's running. Not just once, twice for good measure. Wouldn't just affect me. It would affect so many people. And the holiday is about giving. So, I'm asking you to not just give me a chance, but give everyone playing Naeem Hines a chance. <laughs> give, yeah, baby. Give, 
give Wilkins a chance to get a job next no, year. No, don't give Wilkins give a chance. Mac, give Mac an opportunity to get re-signed <laughs> and just, just whisper in Taylor's ear, just magically. Send an elf, send a fairy to the stadium with these, these words that you unleash into the wind. Fumble. And just drop the ball. Just drop the ball twice. Not on a pass attempt. Fumble the football. He needs to get benched. I need Jonathan Taylor to magically end up with less than 50 total yards, no touchdowns. I need him to not catch a ball. I need the Colts to use the better player in Naeem Hines this week. So oh, my Santa, God. <laughs> if you don't mind, two fumbles. That's all I ask. I'll forget about I'll forget about all the mean piles of coal that I still have stacked up in the corner from years past and all the empty bank accounts without championship money. But if you do this one thing, you do this one thing, I'll stop. I'll stop cussing. I'll stop cussing on Twitter. There, I said it. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a better person. So please, please, Santa, Santa, give me those fumbles. Santa, don't do that. Please don't do that. All my DFS lineups <laughs> will die. Guys, that's that's something I think we all need to do. Sometimes we just got to ask for things that are out of our control and not very likely to happen, given how much. Uh, fantasy Santa likes to play tricks on people. Santa, normally a great person, but when it comes to fantasy football, he can be a little rough with the gift giving. Also, I just want to leave a little caveat to everybody. Don't talk shit to the fantasy gods, okay? Don't tempt them. That's why we end up in these tilting situations. That's why we got to burn our letters to Santa on fantasy questions. The fantasy gods exist. It's the only way to explain some of the things that happen, Okay? When you go in confident, I'm standing at work and I'm shooting the shit. I'm shooting my mouth off about how this week if I got four teams in the semis that are going to go to the finals, no questions asked. Things are going to happen. Derek Carr's taint problem really fucked that up. And it, it's karma. It's football karma. Did you karma. say it tainted your week? Oh, tainted mine. Oh, I can't believe I missed that opportunity. Yeah, yeah you, really, you really passed on that one. Forgive me. Oh, God. <laughs> Well done. Would have been I'm a so good pull. Oh, all right. He's on a roll now, everybody. <laughs> for the record, he ain't got kids. Uh, he's burning these all for you. Yeah, the he doesn't use Derek Carr anymore. He's really <laughs> letting it rip. <laughs> uh, still, oh, I Derek. Still, I still want to cry. Okay, guys, I think that's going to do it for the week. Uh, we did. Uh, we did all right. I'm very confident with our plays. I am confident in in our letters to Santa and uh, hold on to your butts guys. Cause this semifinal week is going to be, it's going to be unprecedented. I have a rapid fire question for both of you. Which oh Tampa Bay Buccaneer running back is going to score the most fantasy points this week. Pick one. Michael. If, he's, he if he's healthy, <laughs> he's healthy. Are you ready for the, the big pick? Yeah. He's healthy. Keyshawn Vaughn. This is okay. his week to get the play. Oh, I don't. I don't even want to entertain it. Uh, like I have to answer. Is that what you're telling me? I don't. I don't yeah, get you to, gotta answer. I just you don't can get answer Mike Allstott if you want, but you'll probably be wrong. You control the recording. You can just stop. Oh, I, hey, you know what? I can just. I I can just stop, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna be. A, I'm, I'm gonna be a big boy here. Uh, I think Sean McCoy catches four passes, oh, gets like thirty yards. I'll I really hope that. it's not McCoy. 
I think that it's probably Fournette. I want it to be Vaughn. It should be Vaughn. Like, there's just no good reason why they shouldn't give Vaughn 18 touches and see if this guy's any good. Uh, because I think Rojo has definitely progressed a lot this year. And if Vaughn can show some stuff, then they probably can go into next year looking at those two guys as their two main backs and not have to add anymore. But what do I think they'll do? I think they'll probably give Leonard Fournette uh, 14 carries and six targets. And he'll probably turn them into 40 yards uh, receive, or forty yards rushing and 20 receiving. But he'll probably score two touchdowns and beat you in the fantasy semifinals anyway. So um, I'm playing Fournette in one league. It's It's gotten bleak. Um, where I lost Rojo. So, Leonard Fournette season, let's go. So, seriously, guys, and Stolp, if you're listening, the fact that I'm even going to ask this question uh, hurts my soul, but I think it would be sweet irony to have him in my lineup and beat you. So, guys, for the meme, in the semifinals, do I throw in Fournette now that I've lost Taysom Hill and Derek Carr? Yeah, force him into your QB slot. Oh, the oh, flex yeah. power play. Well, Fournette's a jam. Fournette's a jam. You got a jam, man. 100% exposure. Oh, God. Uh, I can't commit to it. I can't commit to it behind the mic because it's recording, and I'll be held to that, so I can't. I can't promise. I'm not even sure he's in there right now, but... No, I'll update everybody on my misery come Sunday. Okay, guys, that's it. We're done. That's it. How, are we confident? How confident are we at this week, guys? Billy, how confident are you? I'm feeling good, but I confidence is not my strong suit, so I'll continue to be humble. Tom Lee, if you're listening to this, good luck, brother. He's saying that spitefully. He does not wish you luck at all. Jacob, how confident are you feeling now that uh, Slant Boy is, is, is on the sideline? I'd feel more confident if Derek Carr had finished that game. So not very confident, but my team, my team is a, a surly bunch of underdogs. And I think that they, they got a little ahead of themselves last week with the high score. And I'm going to rally the troops. I'm going to give them an inspirational speech tomorrow morning. And we're going to go out there and we're going to win one for the Gipper. And we're going to give ourselves a chance to win a fantasy championship next week, starting Andy friggin' Dalton. And I'll just say this. Fantasy football is fun. Fantasy football is exciting. Fantasy football is a great learning experience. It's a great tool to make new friends and and start new hobbies. And it's also a great way to drive you down the bottom of a bottle in the corner crying on your couch while your girlfriend laughs at you in all your misery. And I'm prepared for that this weekend. I'll admit, I don't feel great. Nope. We've got four teams that have, have a combined seven losses on the season that all look to be in jeopardy. I got leagues where I lost Julio, now I got to play Crowder. I got Connor. I got everything that makes you want to cringe and cry. I think I'm starting Jarrell Henderson in another one. Bye-bye that pipe dream. But it is fantasy football, and anything can happen. It may be with the will of Santa and the will of the fantasy gods that I've been apologizing to all week. I just want to say... Good luck. And that you should always remember the one most important thing. Be safe. There's a fight going on out there, gentlemen. Why don't you get in it? Clear eyes, full hearts.